What is good, divine dolls, divine dudes? So I just wanted to share one distinct difference I've noticed about the conversations happening in the black community between men and women in terms of employment. And um, let's see if I can just try to keep this short. But I, you know, I came across a news clip. We are coming up on midterm elections. And so um, all of a sudden, the neglect, you know, benign neglect of the parties um, are starting to kick in and they're just coming around and get their, uh, <laughs> to, to kind of just check in and see how their votes are doing. You know, are you going to vote for me or not before they go on about their merry way? If you caught what I, the shade and you understand what benign neglect is in relationships, then you'll understand that that is what is going on with both parties um, with, with the black community in terms of how they view our votes. Now, that being said, and I think I have posted a couple of podcasts with the thumbnail showing how the Democratic Party understands that black women um, ha- are, what is it, like high constituency voters. And so the talking points to um, black women this go around is that, you know, we will... Um, help you with your student loans. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about that. But if it's anything I'm going to absolutely commend about Black women is you understand that it's a way of, of getting ahead. It's a way of getting, in the words of Crimson Cure, that raggedy $60,000 a year. Um, or being able to to become a better version of yourself for yourself, for your children, for your future, right? And it puts you on a more equal um, playing field. Uh, and it's hard, I think, in the, in the black community. Not, And I want to be so careful, too, because uh, one of the things we were talking about last night was victim consciousness. So there's some homework and inner work I need to do with that. Kind of understanding how that plays a role for, for black women. But... Um, on my path to understanding how rich people think, um, the book Stephen Siebold, how rich people think they don't necessarily tie their wealth and success to um, education. And so it's easy to become, you know, think like the masses and middle class, low income earners and think that the education is what's going to take you to the next plane. But I would encourage you, you know, if you're under the sound of my voice and that type of thing and and check that book. I think it's like $15. Let's say worst case scenario, 20 bucks on Amazon. And um, that will kind of give you a better idea of how to close that wealth gap, you know. But um, but I think for the most part, black women understand, okay, um, we have the grades for it. We have the literacy rates. We're graduating high school. And and it's going to give us a, uh, you know, a, a stepping <clears throat> stone to to get to the next level, right? To pull ourselves up out of the economic mm, slum that we're in, right? And so with that being said, it was satisfying for me to to read the comments and see that there were um, professional Black women that are able to pay off their student loans and 
able to just really leverage it and take it and run with it. And there are some that really do do need that economic relief. And one of the things uh, Elizabeth Warren was talking about was um, that the two types of women that are really would benefit from this type of economic relief are the women who were single moms and went back to school or went to school in order to advance themselves. And I, I want to say that's this is now me inferring, but, you know, it's kind of like uh, instead of working at McDonald's, let me, you know, work on my education and become a nurse so that I can take care of my kids, put some food on the table, put some clothes on their back, put a roof over their head and also secure uh, a place for me to live and to be able to retire. Right. And live a quality life. Right. Um, and, and so sometimes it could mean that if you don't finish the program or you are really tied down with, you know, the domestic front and taking care of your children, not getting through the programs as quickly as you need to. And then the second category um, is our women who are the first time um, graduates, first time college graduates, right? And so I talked a little bit about this, about how, you know, if you've never had a parents had parents go through the educational system it it is uh, um let's just use the word difficult for for right now but figuring out what your student loans are sometimes you have to figure out what program you want to be in and there could be going back and forth in which classes you want to take sometimes if your grades are, are kind of low you're coming in remedial and that can set you back another year too but in terms of even payback um it's not like we have financial literacy um, so it's not just something that affects um, a financial literacy curriculum. It's not just something that affects black women. It also affects women in general, right? I believe California, within the last 12 months or so, added uh, financial literacy to its curriculum. And it's only, I think we're about half the states. So I think about, if it's not 15 states, it's about 25 states in the United States that offer financial literacy in their curriculum. So we don't really understand the importance of, you know, paying back 5% per year, the interest rates, who's the loan provider, um, maybe working while we're going through school to pay for it. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, um, also understanding if a lot of these young ladies are coming out of single parent homes. Um they understand that they have to take on the loans because their mom isn't going to be able to uh, help with the loan and and or she may have siblings that the mom still has to take care of. And um, another thing, too, in, in our demographic is we are not really able to leverage the use of real estate um, the way that other cultures are in order to help pay for things like for, like student loans and for tuition and to further our education, right? So those are some of the talking points surrounding, you know, women, black women and employment and, you know, understood that we are key constituents in terms of um, voting. There's some value there. I'm not saying that, you know, they're, they're <laughs> I feel like they're breadcrumbing, you know, type of a thing, but they understand that there's value in how black women vote and they're probably just going to get the vote anyways. They're going to get them draws. But 
But when you look about what's happening with black men in employment, it was just so interesting to me because last night I posted a, a little mini podcast and it's the one with a a man and a woman um, tearing down Lizzo for her comments about um, the importance of voting. Lizzo did make some misstatements in there. Um, and this is exactly why you should not quote unquote vote for celebrities. But um, he and she both of them were saying there's no issues there that that we as a black community are not oppressed that there are no laws that are oppressing the black community but what is not even on black men's radar is that there is an insurgence of um AI coming up and this conversation had kind of um come around when I do believe it's Andrew Kang was saying that by the year, I don't remember the year, is it like 2030, 2035? Um, black people are going to be obsolete and have 0% wealth because we're going to be replaced by AI. Okay? And I remember the uproar and then it's died down. And what is... um kind of seeping back below bubbling right below the surface right but we already we already had it on our radar there are um and i saw this on simply said right she did a uh youtube video showing how these companies these restaurants are uh exploring using machines that will reduce their cost significantly but and at one point, as much as I didn't like that stat, I was opposed to the use of AI because I knew that it would impact employment in the black community in particular, because we're the ones holding those more lower menial task labor jobs. But now I'm in favor of AI because, you know, I've shared with you, there were two 16 year olds or at least one in particular. I didn't get her name, but you know, 16-year-old, doing great in school, um, good grades. And this was her second week working at it. It was either a Burger King or McDonald's. I want to say it was Burger King. And some dust mite, y'all, I saw somebody use the word dust mite yesterday, and it took me out. Some dust mite pulled up to the window, the drive-thru, and tried to rob the place. And bless her heart, you know, part of it, I feel like they didn't give the training that she's not supposed to fight, just give them the money. But that's not going to guarantee that, you know, they're not going to toe tag you. Um, you've had workers toe tagged for having cold fries, you know, so you just, it's, 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 uh, it's very erratic behavior that you're, that you're dealing with. Um, but she tried to resist and from him taking the money and he shot her. And it's like, if, if putting AI into these restaurants means that that's one less 16 year old girl that's going to be killed, you know, two weeks on her job. If that's one less person that's going to be shot and killed because of cold French fries, because there's less, you know, people out front, then I understand that that can help us retain more lives, right? Um, especially the working class, right? And I want to believe that a part of it, if 
now that being said, you know, you have, um, there was one black guy that has been working at, again, it was either Burger King or McDonald's for 27 years. And they gave him as a, cause I guess he was upon retirement. They gave him like uh, a candy, a, uh, a bag of candy. I think it was like lifesavers or something. It was kind of like, uh, when you have those, uh, HR parties and, it's cute because it's a play of words on lifesavers and I think like a payday candy bar and stuff like that. And I think they gave him like a hundred dollar gift card um, and they gave him a news press release and they, you know, that was their thing of appreciation. Hey, thank you for your 27 years of, of working here. So never ascended into corporate, never went into getting his own fran- a franchise of his own. Right. So these are but what struck me was economically, you know, um, they can use them, these machines. It will cost them like only five. I think it's only three thousand a month and it can run for 24 hours. Whereas for if you were to have a physical, actual person, it would cost you um, upwards of five thousand a month. So right there, you're, you're saving a lot of money. You're not having to worry about sick days. You're not having to worry about a retirement plan or pension plans. So this is going to hit a demographic of um, people. And even, you know, I think black men in a way that in 12 more months, 24 more months, it's something like my mom always liked to say, it's like a pregnant woman. It's not something that's going, it's something that's coming, right? So as the months progress, you're going to be seeing scaling back of hiring of across the board, especially in those type of jobs. So when you start to look at, okay, women are going to, to, you know, working on careers, getting, you know, their education, um, those are not the jobs that are getting um, squeezed out by AI, Right. Um, And there's no laws saying, you know, um, we're going to use AI and make black male employees obsolete in restaurant franchises. There's no laws. Right. Because we're talking about that last night. They're like, oh, um, Lizzo is out of her mind. There's no laws that oppress black people. Name one. And I mentioned one. Um, but, and you would think they would mention the 94 crime bill, which I do strongly believe there's another one in the works. There's another one down the pipeline. I do believe that, um, there was a lot of resistance, especially in the black community, but now I understand, you know, it's one of those things when you get a taste of your own medicine where it's kind of like, oh, you want to feel the wrath of, um, not having an infrastructure that penalizes, um, demonic behavior all right we're gonna let them back out on these streets but let's see what it do you know and so now it's kind of like you understand why there's stop and frisk in nice neighborhoods because if you live in a nice community or not you understand that um there's a reason why you want to stop and frisk that person that's in your neighborhood because you know they're not from around here. Nobody's ever seen them. They don't even dress or look like 
you know, somebody who's groomed or well put together and or takes care of themselves and they just look like they're up to trouble if if it's a, you know, suburbia and everybody's nine to five and you're pulling up in a dusty, unwashed car. And in that neighborhood, it's only, you know, women and their mothers that are with their children, young children that are not school age, then yeah, you're going to look out of place. So yeah, you need to be pulled over because yeah, how many videos are there showing right up here in, in Beverly Hills, you know, um, women walking their, their kids in a stroller, getting assaulted by two men or women who went to the bank and were followed home with their, with their toddlers. And when they got out the car, assaulted because they know they have money on it, you know, or retired age couples who are out and about with their $30 Rolex assaulted in the middle of the day. These people, if you are within a certain age range, especially for men, and you're roaming the streets loose and unfettered, you know what I'm saying? That's an indicator that you don't have a nine to five job and you're unkempt, disheveled in sweats and then have a hoodie. Yeah, there should be stop and frisk, right? Um, this is this is those type of things where you have them in the mall coming in in, in groups and running out with five thousand dollars worth of inventory apiece. And it sucks because it affects all of us. It affects all of us, right? And so if you think that the, um, you know, for the most part, well, you know, it's one of those things where it's not, it's just sad um, because I think that black men like to mock and make fun of and think it's so funny that women have to get a degree and um, take out student loans to try to make themselves better. And part of it is it's laughing. It's funny now because you just need a GED um, in order to flip some fries at McDonald's. And you feel like you're getting ahead because you start making, you know, getting your biweekly paychecks um, as early as 18 and 19. Whereas um, black women are taking out those loans, having to work oftentimes through through their educational, you know, endeavors, and then um, not really seeing that payback for another five, maybe even 10 years, depending on how they're employed, or if they have mentoring to get into good paying jobs and and work their way up through corporate. And so it's all fun and games because you're getting your $250 a week right out of high school and feel it, you're really feeling yourself, right? But um, what happens when you don't even have the grades to carry you to get into it because a part of the problem I used to work at a um university part of the issue is a lot of I joke about it, but it's not funny um but it is kind of funny, especially when you're trying to say stupid stuff in comments but and it, and it's been shown part of the prison to um pot, prison to school to prison pipeline is. For some reason, little black boys stop listening to their teachers in the fourth grade, right? Fourth grade, they just tap out. They are, their brains just short, short circuit and the best grammar and the best math and the best comprehension you're ever going to get up out of them is up until the fourth grade. After that, they are gone, children. They are out of the building. 
right? Intellectually, just not there. And so, you know, it's at a point where um, teachers are just kind of like, they don't want to deal with this. I uh, came across some teacher podcast type of stuff. And it's, I'm not saying it's right, but I understand it. There was a period of time where you have them repeating the fourth grade three times. So now they're just like, you know what? Let's just pass these little MFRs on to the next level. And so the next thing you know, they're graduating high school. And it's messed up. Like, I even have one lady on my Facebook. I know that kid It did not. He is not at a high school level, graduation level. And she is proud AF that her son graduated. And I'm like, what had happened was it's better for them to just pass the kids through this, you know, give them a passing grade. If it's a D and they get out with a 2.0, 1.5, whatever, get them out. And it's not our problem anymore. But some of them are not even getting that. And then some of them are not even able to fill out applications. And it's not, it's funny, not funny. But there's actually articles that show that black men out of high school can't even fill out an application to apply for a job, right? So if if you can't even, you know, I think a Burger King McDonald's would be like, oh, okay, he can't really, you know, fill out the application or there's some grammatical errors. He didn't spell his name right, but that's neither here nor there. But um, he can flip these fries or he can push these buttons. If you're being replaced by AI, you're not even being considered for those jobs. So now you're being forced to look for other types of jobs. With everybody else. As if it's not already bad enough now. Right? And I don't see any lawmakers or, you know, either political parties saying, we have got to, um, you know, put a stop to the percentage of retail um, companies that are going to be using AI because it's going to squeeze out our key constituent black male voters, right? So talk about unprotected. And I'm not even trying to say that to try to keep from it. I'm just saying like, it's amazing to me that let them tell it they're not, it's not even on their radar. And I think that I will close out with this because I've been kind of, and I'm not the only one, but I have my perspective on it. We've been seeing, you know, people like that young lady that is a mental health professional putting on the cape and losing her job trying to cape for men for black men i'm seeing it with black women judges you're you know giving these aggravated assault and murder people um letting them back out on bail and then now people are looking at you side side eye trying to get in trying to get you disbarred you know what i'm saying and um all across the board just it doesn't benefit you to partner with to just try to wear the cape for them and I think um what I was going to say was um oh it was good and I lost it if if it comes back to me I will say it at the end here um but I've just about touched every point it's kind of like oh I remember what it was and so I was saying you know these men are not even fighting for themselves and the reason I kind of know it's not even on the radar is because last night I was looking at some um, YouTube videos and there was a, a a video from a news channel from nine months ago 
talking about how black men think about the police brutality, police brutality, police brutality, and there were only 1.2 thousand views, right? But you have other content creators that are talking about like passport boys, talking about um, women's sexual market value, um, how to, you know, pick up like smash and dash, what's your preference, you know, fresh and fit type of people with thousands of views, five, 10, 20, 30,000 views. So it's an indicator that in many cases, black women are trying to fight for police brutality when they don't even care about police brutality. Black women are trying to fight for the education system and education in general. They don't even care about that, right? But what I wanted to drive home to is as even if it's if it's breadcrumbing of sorts, it's kind of like at least you can see with the Democratic Party, it's kind of like, well, you know, they can sway our vote. Um, they're 90% and we can give them something in terms of their student loans to try to sway the vote. We we probably won't come back and ask them, you know, what's going on with, with the pregnancy rates and why black women are still dying, having high infant and, you know, mortality rates and, you know, um, trying to help them with their redlining so the more black women can become homeowners. We're not going to do that. We're just going to toss them a little something here or there, talk about it for a couple of minutes, and then go about our day. But I don't even see anybody addressing about, you know, how to protect that class that's definitely going to wipe black men out of employment. And this is crazy because remember, um, yeah, I, I, on my 25 minutes are up and I'm ready to start snacking again. <laughs> I'm so cute. I have like little snacking stuff I like. But anyways, um, uh, I've heard two different sources talk about and and it's one thing, you know, uh, spiritually, they're kind of ahead or they can see what's coming down the pipeline. But two different um, spiritual advisors, and I've mentioned them on my podcast, and I've t- taken screenshots of when they've talked about it too, talking about how even in the next six months as we're going into uh, December, end of 2022 and on and beyond, um, black men are going to have to take into account and their feet are going to be held to the fire that they're dependent on women in a lot of ways financially for things, right? And I think a lot of people are going to be forced to put some real respect on who's holding down the economic, you know, the wallet and the purse of the economy. And all this bashing and and thinking it's funny and trying to keep them down when they're trying to just help y'all out, you know, is not going to fare well. And so here we have the the other more 3D practical conversations. Like I said, simply said, kind of showed that. And, you know, she talks about it from a socioeconomic standpoint, but it's kind of like, yeah, this, this is definitely going to affect black men for sure. It's going to take away a lot, of, a lot of jobs, a lot of jobs. And I think also... Um, They even have it to where you can go to Amazon. They have Amazon stores where you can like register your um, your card and you can pick up whatever you want in the store. And when you walk out, um, it automatically bills it to your um, 
to your card, right? And so there is no need for checking out and having a cashier, you know. Um, another one is, um, this is kind of just a little bit non-related, but I'll, I'll just mention it in here. I was watching, and it was surprisingly a white lady, but at Walmart, now they want to um, measure and weigh your bag or tell you you can't bring in a bag that's a certain size um, because they're trying to eliminate de- uh, theft, right? Um, just kind of showing the relationship between how we're perceived and how they're trying to cut down on protecting. They're trying to grow their businesses. And if it's one thing that I'm learning about, like if you didn't know white people, they're not going to shut down their business. They're going to figure out how to make it work. So if that means that they have to put AI to keep their money coming in from restaurant franchises and still have retail stores and still have the goods and still charge you and eliminate you out of the process and still be able to fund their lifestyle and still be on the yacht. White people are going to do that. <laughs> so I don't know. Those are just my thoughts. Let me get back to my snacks until the next podcast. Okay. So one thing, if you made it this far, two things, <clears throat> you're a young person. Um, and or looking to pivot, great degree, great thing to consider in expanding your, your education. And again, I don't think um, you don't necessarily have to get degrees on this one. They have certificates or I've seen podcasts on this. I don't remember the young lady's name, but there are and you want to make sure that they're credentialed, but but um or accredited. So because you don't want to end up getting like scammed either. But look into careers in AI, right? We know it's something coming. And, you know, for whatever it's worth, learn about AI. Go seek a profession or a career in AI. The second thing is um, when I heard Andrew Kang ta- talking about how AI was going to become a thing of the future and eliminate, you know, the the wealth of the black community, my first thought was, let me find out which stock um are correlate to AI right so that's how I looked at it it's kind of like well if I'm not going to be out there working but I know that this sector is going to increase then let me just buy stock and stuff that's going to be related to our um, artificial intelligence right so that's how I that's how I look at it all right bye